Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Badass Fest 5, week two. We're, we're, we're rolling on with Demolition Man, 1993. Is this the highest grossing film of the year? Or is it just one of the top grossing films? Ooh, I know it debuted at number one, but I couldn't tell you over It, the whole it year. made a lot of money. Is directed by Marco Brambilla, Brambilla, uh, who is, as far as I can tell, does a lot of highly technical art installations for galleries, and he does a lot of tech-heavy short films and featurettes, and he also did one of the highest-grossing films in 1993. He doesn't have a lot of, of credits you'd recognize. Screenplay is written by three men: Daniel Walters, I'm sorry, Waters, who wrote Heather's, Hudson Hawk, Batman Returns. Robert Renault and Peter M. Linkov, who uh, is primarily known as being the showrunner for CBS's reboot series, Hawaii Five-0, MacGyver, Magnum P.I. It stars Sylvester Stallone. He standing atop the Mount Rushmore of badasses. Wesley Snipes, you've seen him in Major League, New Jack City, White Men Can't Jump. He was Blade until Mahershala is going to take over. Sandra Bullock uh, got started in Speed, The Net, While You Were Sleeping, Miss Congeniality. She's lately in Bird Box, the uh, Netflix sci-fi, sci-fi thriller. Nigel Hawthorne, who this was his this this is essentially audition role for The Madness of King George. Uh, that's an interesting story. Benjamin Bratt, who also comes back uh, with Sandra Bullock and Miss Congeniality. Uh, he was just in Poker Face. Uh, which was the the well-regarded Peacock uh, crime crime drama. And I saw that he's cast in Andor Season 2. That's pretty exciting. Oh, okay. Dennis Leary, uh, who essentially cribs a bunch of material from his No Cure for Cancer comedy special. He was also in Wag the Dog. He was on Rescue Me on FX for a long time. Bob Gunton, you'll recognize him as the Shady Warden from Shawshank Redemption. Jesse, the body, Ventura. You know him, you love him, in Predator. He's in Running Man. He's always in these muscled up. Uh, he'll go on to be the governor of Minnesota. Uh, Rob Schneider appears uncredited. What fucking deal with the devil did he make to be in all ah, these Sylvester dude. Stallone badass 90s roles? <laughs> it's hilarious because I always confuse this movie with Judge Dredd and... <laughs> I, I, when we were talking, I was like, oh, it's the, I hate it's this movie uniforms. because of Rob Schneider. He really makes this terrible. And you were uh-huh. like, Rob Schneider's not in this movie. And I saw him and I lost you it. You were man. like, fucking Aaron. <laughs> He's in both of these. How? Never, never would have approved the Rob Schneider podcast. Nope. Uh, did you recognize Jack Black as one of the background scraps, scrappers? Wasteland I, Scrappers. I never picked him out. I, I saw his name in the credits on IMDb, and I was looking for him, kinda, but I didn't see him. I think next year he will go on to form Tenacious D. Uh, right. But he had water. He 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 played. He got his career started playing a bunch of Wasteland Scrappers in Waterworld, and now this. Oh yeah. Um, Demolition Man, nineteen ninety three. 
it's uh, this is this is where the uh, the reign of the badass has started to falter a little bit, you know. Uh, and by the by the late '90s, they'd be all but extinct. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you still have these extant copies running around. What do we think of this uh, kind of late stage action action film? Uh, I don't hate this movie. I think this movie is let down by mostly its uh the world that it creates and the dialogue that it chooses. I don't like any of that stuff. I think it's all a child's idea of a future, uh, literally in some cases. Um, But there's something that's going on here that I really do like. And I think it's mostly down to Stallone and Snipes and Bullock. I think that trio kind of makes this movie enjoyable saves this movie keeps it from being just a very schlocky really shitty sci-fi future like dystopia it's almost like an utopia um yeah but in my mind it's a dystopia because fuck this place like i'm not literally i would have just gotten five tickets there all my credits be gone i wouldn't be able to afford to go to taco bell this week yeah bald move and our fan group would be hunted in the wastelands for our filthy filthy mouths yeah um be scrapping with jack black which would be cool yeah yeah uh you gotta hang out dennis o'leary though Ugh. um (laughs) i i I think that um it's interesting what a snapshot this was of people's like societal fears you know we are going we're we, we talked about this with um uh cobra how like then the the nineties um, for various reasons America was riding this crime wave that people feared would never end that it was just going to intensify mm-hmm. into drug fueled super predators just roaming around destroying America's cities and this is like still in in the grips of that hysteria but you can see that the real fear is that people were going to give in to the nanny state right. You know, they're going to take away our cigars. They're not going to let us eat red meat. They're not going to let us fuck and swear and and uh, do all the 80s and 90s badass stuff anymore. Right. (laughs) Um, And there's a little bit of this like kind of post history too. like things would get so bad that you'd have this this spasm go through society and some well-meaning do-gooder would take over and just Aldous Huxley brave new world at all i mean you can see like that the uh, um sandra bullock's character is uh Lenina huxley which is an amalgamation of the heroine from brave new world and huxley's last name that mm. that's like you know that you're going to have this um you know completely pacified defang society and when i'm watching it's like I've, and i felt like that that social commentary was always kind of lame but it's wrapped around to where it's just hysterical and brilliant. Because I think if you show a lot of Zoomers, <laughs> you know, this world where Sander Bullock's like, gee whiz, I don't get to do anything but investigate graffiti anymore. I just wish something interesting would happen in my lifetime. You'd be like, shut the fuck up, Sandra. No, you don't. Mm-hmm. No, you don't. We live in a time zone where everything's fucking happening all the time. And it's scary. And we just want, yeah, I would love to, I would love to pine for the, the late 90s where... The last time someone was killed was back in August of 2006 or some shit. It's like hysterical. The gap between where the 1990s thought we would be and where we are in 2023. Because we're just, oh, we're yeah. just not, we're like, we're like what, nine? 
10 years away from catching uh-huh. up to the future of Demolition Man and it's yeah. nothing. I don't I don't see it changing that significantly. Where uh, are my seashells, Jim? Yeah. I, you know. I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm still wadding up paper. We might we might have gotten the the better bidet timeline. That might be the yeah. Um, but it's um, it's funny because um, I had this theory that like maybe there's something in these types of films that really spoke to Sly, like you know, because he's in Cobra, which you know we talked about mm-hmm. that last year. What an insane fucking vision of society that was, and it's like man, there's something like really. Uh, a little authoritarian and jackboot about some of the stuff that Sly does, but it turns out that this was supposed to be a vehicle for uh, Steven Seagal in the Demolition Man role and uh, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme in the Simon uh, Wesley Snipes role. And because these two could not get it together enough to decide who's going to be the villain and who's going to be the hero. They scrapped the project and then reconstituted it with Sly and, and Wesley in the, uh, so I guess yeah. it's like, yeah, this was just a, a target of opportunity more than like a passion project for Sly. Um, yeah, they both kind of had to be convinced to do this. It wasn't a thing mm. where they both saw the script and were like, we're in, uh, <laughs> they went, they went to one of, the sets where Wesley Snipes was filming one of his movies and had to sit him down and explain why they thought this movie could be cool and sort of convince him to be in it. And Sylvester Stallone, for his part, was like, eh, I don't want to do that movie. And then he thought about it for a long time and came back to it. So, yeah, nobody was really, like, itching to make this movie. And I wonder if that's due partly to, like, the script and its kind of ridiculous future that it portrays yeah because the I thing mean, that sly ultimately liked about this is the the duo of him and the bad guy being kind of equals mm. um going toe-to-toe with somebody like that so and both maybe like preferring the time they came from you know yeah that's um, the thing about this movie like um the the main thesis here i guess is like you need a little bit of bad with your good yeah, because like centrist, centrist eating good in this movie. Yeah, for sure, uh, and that could be it. You know, uh, Stallone could be like, yeah, it'd be great and nice to have a society where nobody does anything bad. But look what it, look what that turns into here. Um, but, but also, you need guys like me, guys who are willing to pick up a gun, uh, destroy a few buildings, kill a few innocents in the process. You need that. I think the movie would be more effective if they showed the guy who's engineering the utopia, if he like had something more like, okay, I think this movie coasts a lot on just knowing that this guy's program of like genetic manipulation and drug therapy and societal control is just inherently bad because you look at his results and it's just like, damn, you know, uh, this, this, this is, uh, you know, brightly lit happy people and walkable cities uh it 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 it, i don't think they did enough um of just showing like it's like the things that are bad in this society are things that like mid 90s people would think are bad just to like extreme political correct speech almost to the to the extent that's like you've got uh, 1984 newspeak you know people are like unironically saying stuff like double plus ungood or double Mm -hmm. joy or enhance your calm uh 
it, it's, yeah, it's, it's it's like the it's like that annoying. Are bad are just cringe. I uh, like it's I, cringe. That's right. Yeah. It's it, this guy's not like. And then once I have everyone cowed, I'm going to da 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 da. It's and, like and for no, all I'm, you people listening in 2032 to this podcast and yeah. just cringed at hearing me use the word cringe in that in that way. Right. That's exactly how I felt watching this movie. Yeah. Yeah, it is like the things that were bad in this world were like the thing just yeah, like cringe. You know. Uh-huh. Uh it's like 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 TikTok cringe is what is the worst Oof. things about this society. But uh and, and the other thing is like uh, it's like I thought also when we meet the wasteland scrappers that these were going to be, you know, uh they're going to be some kind of persecuted minority but no these are just people who want to smoke cigars in smoking sections and die of high mm-hmm. cholesterol they're just the people who refuse uh the, the 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 call to better society and they just kind of live in the sewers because that's better than getting tickets for saying the word fuck and i'm like okay and then like they have dennis yeah. leary give this big speech and mm-hmm. I'm like, the first half of it, when he uncorks, I'm like, okay, yeah, let, let him cook, stand back. But he gets to like, and I want to smoke cigars the size of Cincinnati in a non-smoking <laughs> section. I'm like, look, okay, look, St. Dennis. Uh, uh, yeah, as a non-smoker, I want to stop you right there and say, get that fucking Cincy Stogie out of my face. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess Salai at the end, it's like, you guys got to find some kind of happy medium between... What is the happy medium between Dennis Leary getting to smoke his giant cigar in people's faces and enhancing your calm? Like somebody gets their way and some other person doesn't. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the ultimately the thing about this movie's worldview is there there needs to be a happy medium. And I look at both of the worlds they portray. The one of Los Angeles 1996 which was three years after this movie was made, they said it was just going to turn into a hellscape where, you know, evil people are just murdering and and having wars, like, in the streets? Sure, whatever. Not just people. (laughs) Restaurant, the fast food joints. Sure, sure. We'll have unsanctioned battles in the wastelands, yeah. Yeah, and they portray that as being just, like, a hellscape in L.A., uh, and then they portray a different kind of hellscape in my mind, which is 2032's mm-hmm. San La- San Angeles, uh, which mm-hmm. I think is is okay, maybe not equally as bad, but it's damn near it. Uh, I would not want to live in that society for sure. I'd be one of the wasteland scrappers. Would you really? Because I was yeah. thinking like between the 1996 and the 2032, I would. I would probably just collect '90s memorabilia in the 2032 level or uh, world. Um, I couldn't but, do it. Uh, I couldn't but you're right. I it, it's live like, in that. It's it's the exact. It's crazy in the exact opposite way. Yeah, and it's like one of those things where it's like it's something. It's a dichotomy that I think America truly believes in that you can't do. You can't have mm-hmm. well-funded social programs where you have nice cities and nice services and social services without like severe restrictions on your freedom of expression yeah you know um, which i think is foolish but and it's so weird that it's always it's it. always it, it, it was well, not always but i guess in dumb action movies it's always reduced to like oh you can't swear oh they don't want you eating red meat and smoking cigars and it, it's never like i yeah. want to be able to 
advocate for my political points in the public square and you know it's always just the stupidest shit you know it's, i want to roll coal. they they reduce yes, everyone to children that's and that's the thing i hate about it that's what it is because like and and you see that a lot of today and the people like you can't stop telling me what to do like i just saw on the front page of reddit some dude that had this like monster truck all you know dual v8 b- b- turbocharged this and that and on the in and on uh, so he's got his hood popped up and on the inside of the hood he's airbrushed his painting of greta thumberg whoever the little child the uh, climate activist she's crying mm. and i'm just like god this is so fucking stupid you know, mm-hmm. like, like this, this is like what you need is a kindergarten teacher at the end of the, uh, and just to grab Dennis by his ear and be like, you can't blow smoke into people's faces, Dennis. Like mm-hmm. it is, it's just like this, it's the stupidest fucking conception of, of, a personal freedom, you know? Well, and it's also but, equally in the opposite direction, the stupidest possible conception of lack of personal freedom. It's right. Like that, that somehow if you take away any amount of freedom, you're reducing people to mindless zombie children. It's, it's right. not true. It's not, yeah, they're all third graders. Yeah. And, and it'll happen in a generation. That if, yeah. Know? If I can't blow smoke in your face, suddenly I'm acting like a five-year-old. No. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it, I think the older the movie gets, the funnier this stuff is because, you know, they take this thing where they try to establish a new way of talking. And obviously that's not happening. Um, but like yeah, like this this society the this movie's thesis is the Rodney King riots would just never stop and intensify mm-hmm. until all of America's cities burned and then as an extreme reaction to that you you would uh uh encase society in foam so that nothing bad could ever happen. Um mm-hmm. but I like I said I think some of that stuff is extremely funny. And <laughs> sure. uh Sly for his part does a really good job of like literal frozen caveman lawyer you know frozen cave they, they call him that frozen caveman cop essentially mm-hmm. uh, and his reaction to and, and the way he games the system like one of my favorite parts is him <laughs> people making fun of him not knowing how to wipe his ass with the seashells and then him realizing this little dro- drone is going to give him these tickets every time he says swears mm-hmm so to to round that corner, he goes up and says, "Listen, you fucking dumbass, duck fucking." He, he this the stream of it saying it's obscenity. He ends with duck fucking pain in the ass. <laughs> gets him enough paper to go to the bathroom and wipe his ass with. And that, yeah. <laughs> I just think that's 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 really funny. He's probably gonna it's, ruin the plumbing, right? Well, I mean, that, know, the plumbing in the PD there is shot. He's going to commit a class that. three felony against the uh, uh, the toilet in the, the police bathroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, he obviously doesn't care. He's going to break the law. Um, and there's a lot of other like really funny uh, technical things like the idea that we're going to have fully working cryo freezers by 1996. I thought that was hilarious. The fact mm-hmm. that. This future world has voice-enabled handcuffs, so you can just be like, unlock, and they do. You know? mm. It's like there's just so many really funny um, conceptions they have of future society uh, that I, I just think is really funny in the year 2023. It's probably going to get funnier and funnier uh, as we go on. Yeah, we should probably talk about the actual, like, what this movie is about and then maybe come back to that because I want to talk a little bit more yeah. about their conception of it. Yeah, let's do that. We'll be right back with more Bald Move after this brief pause. 
This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, back with more Bald Move. This movie is about Sylvester Stallone, who, his name's John Spartan. Uh, and uh, he is one of L.A.'s last, I mean, our, his top cop, I don't know, he's called the Demolition Man because he does severe property damage uh, uh. every time he goes and apprehends a, a criminal. Uh, his arch nemesis is a man named Simon Phoenix, played by Wesley Snipes, who is, you know, um, the super predator that you're here. He's just completely amoral. He's physically strong. He doesn't have any ambitions or goals other than sowing chaos and disorder. He's essentially a, a Joker character. Yeah. He kidnaps a bus full of people and lures John Spartan into a climactic showdown where he blows up the building they're in. Uh, they find 30 corpses in the building. John Spartan is uh, sentenced to 30 plus years in cryo prison for mm-hmm. the loss of innocent life and the disregarding of police orders. Uh, and he is frozen. We are now in the year 30, no, 2032. And somehow through an incredible series of events, Simon Phoenix escapes the cryo prison and society is so defanged that they have no idea how to apprehend a person like Simon Phoenix. Uh, They don't have guns. They just have shock rods. In desperation, they thaw out John Spartan so they can get the two unfrozen cavemen to fight each other for who is going to rule over the the very peaceful, very nanny state uh, San Angeles of 2032. Uh, You'll never guess... You'll never guess <laughs> that the end of this movie is going to come down to a final confrontation, mano a mano, Snipes and, and Stallone. Uh, all mm-hmm. right. So if you haven't seen the movie, there's your primer. Go watch it. By the way, it's a free stream on uh, Max right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Assuming you've paid for Max. Yeah. True. True. Assuming you've free. paid for Max, you can you can watch You can stream it for free. Uh, it's part of your, your, your services. Um, all right. We have now talked about the movie. Let's get into it. You yeah, the thing s- that I don't that I don't get about their worldview, uh, a I don't know how far it extends. It seems like it's just a San Angeles thing, and they never show you the state of the rest of the world. So, uh, yeah, I guess their idea is that it's spread everywhere. The violence and like all all cities are either hellscapes. Uh, festering you know shitholes or they're this i read a or is compelling, this just san angeles i read a compelling uh 
fan theory that ties this to the world of Judge Dredd because in Judge Dredd in the early 21st century the world collapses into violence and just a few mega cities remain like uh, the remains of New York, Philadelphia, Boston become mega city one on the east coast um, and then mm-hmm. this is like the proto mega city on the west coast because they, they mention at some point that, that San Angeles is a a uh, mashup of the remains of Los Angeles, San Diego, and <laughs> one other community. Oh, um, maybe. That's, that's one of the things they get right. I believe that San Diego and Los Angeles could grow to the point where they will just eventually merge. merge. Yeah. yeah. They're pretty yeah. far away, but also they're pretty big. Yeah, Mega City 2 West Coast Edition. And that like yeah. The, yeah, like the middle parts of the city are essentially an irradiated wasteland, but there are attempts to like build something different, um, either utopian or dystopian on the coasts. But but my understanding is yeah, that that there, much of the world is devastated, destroyed. I don't mm-hmm. like Here, is there the a, thing. a federal government that's like saying, Hey, you can't fucking g- g- genetically you know, socially engineer our cities? What the fuck? Apparently not. Um, because this guy's able to do it. The thing I don't understand about this world they've created is why everyone has forgotten what shit was like. The, literally, the yeah. only person who remembers anything prior to like twenty, what twenty twenty, is yeah. this old black dude working at the police department. He's yeah, the Bill only guy Dobbs. who remembers anything, even though everybody else in this is aged to the point where they probably should remember something. I think like you Brad don't remember the conclusion of the wars. You don't remember would be young enough and they're 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 drug at, you know enhanced yeah. enough that they might not. But yeah, yeah. What's they Shawshank's? Not, but... What's Shawshank's deal? He's like sixty years yeah. old, and he doesn't remember a goddamn thing about the old world. Like not how to police, not what it was like, not any of it. And I I and... really don't understand where they get off with the the memory black hole here. Well, there's there's a lot of like uh, side dialogue implying that this is uh, Aldous Huxley, Brave New World. Um, people are drugged and their their bodies and their minds are manipulated, conditioned. You know, they talk about the mental conditioning that goes on in the. Uh, well, they talk about that with prisoners, like they're given knitting programs and shit. They're uploaded into them, and I, okay, that's one thing. But what about the people who never went to prison? I think you're supposed to understand that they too have been like there's something in the water. There's something that's forcing society to be gentle. It's not something that uh, everyone has just like uh, decided because of their you know oh we got to do better. Um, well, maybe I missed it, but I don't recall them ever saying anything. You know, I mean, they're like I said, there 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 were a couple of things where they kind of implied, and also this movie got edited all the hell and back, mm-hmm. like by yeah. three separate editors. So there are some content con- continuity errors, and there's like a lots of things have been cut out of this movie. So, but I think that's mm-hmm. what you're supposed to understand. But the thing is that it's okay. So if everybody's gen- been engineered to where they don't remember the four times, how do you explain the old black guy? Sure, is he just like I ain't gonna take the pills, you know? <laughs> I oh, got just, you ain't gonna live in our society. Oh, is what I would expect. But like, right? He's there. Right. He's, yeah, it, yeah. yeah. I, I, it was really weird seeing that he was like standing in contrast to everybody else there. Yeah, um, I thought that. It, it, like I said, it, I don't know if it a hundred percent makes sense. Um, I gotta say that like. One thing about a lot of Stallone's movies, um, 
is when he's getting chewed out by a police captain for doing something i tend to kind of agree <laughs> like wise i remember this with cobra last year and this movie too where you know uh the captain shows up and is like jesus christ john why did you have to go in alone why didn't you wait for backup why didn't it's like, oh, I just got to oh. and he doesn't he's like because uh, the whole time i'm thinking you know when they're going over they, they got the chinook scene and he's delivered through this goofy ass bungee delivery system the whole time i'm like why are you the only one going into this hostage situation yeah. like what the fuck dude but uh capable of catching the guy uh, I guess. Uh, hilariously, that's also true in Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. He does so many things. Right. Where I, like agreeing he should get chewed out for that. Yeah. Like, dude, like the, maybe there is there is a, a point to all these police procedures, especially since he doesn't seem to be the brightest bulb. Um, sure. In particular, he walks into a trap that Wesley Snipes is set by knifing open a bunch of uh, drums of gasoline and he gets OK. The entire Dude. room is flooded a half inch deep with gasoline and John Spartan walks right into the middle of it. <laughs> I'm just thinking like, what must it smell like in that room? That's what I'm, I'm surprised. I... He's still standing from the fumes. Yes. They should have three brain cells between the two of them. None of them should be able to do anything as complex as light a torch <laughs> or do. But like, I don't know. It's just, oh my it's just... God. It's That's just, it's just like, how do you not, how do you not notice the gasoline? And then when he does light the gasoline on fire in most movies, like the, they do that with a bad guy and he'd go up in flames instantly right. and he'd fall over and die in this John Spartan is not burned, but the gun is burned out of his hand. Yeah. I've never seen. So I've seen people shoot guns out of others hands and that's always iffy this the flames burn it like specifically burn the gun out of his hand the gun gets blown to safety it could have been in real danger here but no it's going to make it i mean yeah like this this room is so full of gas vapor and they mm -hmm. make it seem like it's just like oh just a little bit of fire and if you run fast enough you can get out of it um yeah. <laughs> it's just also really yeah funny. no one is living through that explosion that happens oh, no. at the end like no. th th they do this twice in the movie where they show an explosion that would kill for miles around. Mm -hmm. uh, and so they show Sylvester Stallone running from the room where it's happening. And then the next cut is they cut to him just kind of walking off near the grounds of the explosion. Right. right. I think there was a smudge on him, maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, and they do that twice. Yeah, he and this is not just like when it like a Hollywood explosion. They found the building that was scheduled to be <laughs> demolished, and they went to this place, bumfuck place in Kentucky, set the whole thing on fire before they blew the charges and imploded a building that presumably John Spartan was in the middle of this giant yeah. industrial complex being dropped on them, and he's just gonna <laughs> and he's got a room out. stacked with barrels of C four. I I didn't mm. know C four came in barrels A, but B. He's very close to ground zero of this explosion. True. Uh, multiple kicks to the nuts in this movie. Um, it took the cake from Total Recall. I thought there were dude, a lot in Total Recall, but I'm counting them. I'm as. Could do you remember in in, in Armageddon? Is there a, 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 a racking? Because if we get if, there's there's probably one in Enter the Dragon. We Almost might go certainly. four for four for ball destruction in this. Uh, 
Does, Does Liv Tyler ever kick Ben Affleck in the balls? I don't think so. Someone might get kneed in the groin, though. You know, like Steve Buscemi probably deserves it at a couple points in the movie. Yeah, maybe he sits down too hard on the bomb at some point. Does that count? <laughs> I don't so, know. Yeah, yeah. I, groin trauma. <laughs> I'm looking for groin trauma. We're trying yeah. to go four for four this year. Uh, but but yeah, we got we got a we got a we got a trauma to the balls uh, uh, combo. We'll see if uh, maybe we need to change it up and do Idiocracy instead. Mmm, that would definitely we definitely get the uh, you know ow my balls. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we talked about that there was uh, they found thirty bodies in the wreckage, and when uh, I remember the first time I saw this movie, and I'm like, oh well, fucking Wesley Snipes, where I killed them all because. Uh, Sly did a full body scan. There's no heat signatures. How how to and and mm-hmm. what's funny is like, I guess medical technology in 1996 couldn't tell the difference between people who died in an explosion and resulting fire and people who were killed hours before to the point where their bodies were cool, mm-hmm. and then got blown up post death. Like that, that feels like that's something 1990s technology had pretty much handled. I, th- I think a coroner could could suss that out, but no, no. Gets, yeah, I guess uh, how much damage is done to the body, right? Like in that explosion, maybe they were so burnt up and so mangled that you couldn't tell that they were already dead. I guess that's true. Um, yeah, I guess if they're burnt to skeletons, maybe they were. <laughs> yeah, maybe they were just bones. Just bones. Um, I was surprised so get- that the word of a coked up criminal could get you sent away. Uh that's the thing that really bothers me about the setup of this movie is to send John Spartan to the freezers to cryo prison for what is clearly the bad guy killing a bunch of people. Yeah. I think is a huge miscarriage of justice. Yeah. Even they don't, they never has heard a history, of qualified immunity in this, in this, in apparently this not, universe. Yeah. Even though this is the universe where you might actually make a good argument for it, right. where you have, you know, gang wars spreading to the right. entirety of the, country and wesley snipes out there yeah um i don't see uh, i want to talk about this this goofy ass bungee delivery system because i thought i don't know if anyone's ever done this before i guess goldeneye comes close but the idea of someone bungee jumping and then like having precise enough timing and uh like uh, altitude of the helicopter where they essentially get to zero momentum as their feet touch the ground and then they just like cut the cord or put a thing and and, mm-hmm. and the cord ejects or something this it doesn't it feels like they want to go with this but this feels like he just jumped out of a hundred foot out of an air uh out of helicopter and just fully snapped at the end of that just just <laughs> yeah. got uh sure. and i'm like yeah how how does this actually because because the way they envision it is he's still like 10 foot above the ground spinning freely trying to shoot these guys while like just many many guys eight guys <laughs> shooting at him it's like this is not the best combat delivery system i've ever seen i don't think no, and the the sudden stop at the bottom is not helping anything. It would really jerk your back, I would think. It, it would hurt. It would hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, but they 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 have this cryo prison deal where he's going to be sentenced to third seven years cryo prison for this involuntary manslaughter, or whatever. It seems like a steep pr- uh, prison sentence. But they talk about how, like, why you're going through. Because I'm like, okay, well, you free somebody and let him out seven years later. What the fuck is that going to do? But they mentioned that they're. Are somehow using a conditioning program to gentle them 
while they're in that mm-hmm. 70 year thing and i'm like okay well that's not a bad deal but then they make it the 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 downside is everyone you know and care about is going to be dead at the end of that 70 year term and um, you're a, you're conscious you're aware during that it's not yeah it's not like you don't experience time during that your body that's the wild thing is i thought they could have really done a lot with the horror and given like um sly a haunted quality because he talks about it's like you don't know you didn't see your wife banging against your ice cube and crying her eyeballs out and doing all that and i'm like he he has that speech but like the rest of the movie Mm -hmm does not like five minutes later he's like oh yeah oh, fuck yeah when Sandra Bullock want, <laughs> yeah. offers and he seems like he's not touched by any of that mm-hmm. I agree uh, yeah it doesn't leave any I, lasting mark I think a better movie would have delved into that but then like we the, the movie would be fundamentally different because there's 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 not much about this it's from a better movie this is just a, a silly slapstick kind of thing um, it does give us what I'll say is both a better and somehow worse credit sequence than our first badass movie, Total Recall. Oh, uh, yeah. Credit sequence here is so Sly is frozen in this cryo prison into this block of ice. Mm-hmm. He's frozen in like the craziest position. He's got Dude. one hand like wrapped underneath his his taint. I don't know. It's really weird. Yeah. But, but I mentioned it, Taint. The, taint is a warm-up here. Like, you probably <laughs> were like, oh, why did he have to bring Taints into this? I didn't bring him in. Sly brought him in. Uh, th- this ice cube that he's in, they pan around it for about four and a half minutes during uh-huh. this credit sequence, and they show every inch of the man. I'm pretty sure you get the Taint, the Grundle, and the Fleshy <laughs> Fun Bridge. There is, there is, I, 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 I saw like especially when he's when when before you get to the prosthetic slide that is frozen and like you said the funniest and his face too right down to his face because he's in full kind of mm-hmm. like Whoa! <laughs> right. when when he's frozen, but when he's when he's slipping and sliding in that thing in the goo and it's real sly. I'm pretty sure at one point his full ass scrotum gets pushed up against the glass and oh, it's it does, like. Yeah. Yeah, there. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Cause Sly talked about how like what a terrifying like how exposed he felt on the set and filming. But it's like you had full. Con- Why didn't you just wear some nude underwear, man? That's the like, thing. It, Why do they have to freeze them entirely nude? Like, like I, I see in the cast, it's like he's like, okay, I came here, I'm fucking butt ass naked, and the director's like, uh, no one asked you. Can, there's, there's a, su- <laughs> hey, you know, I just want to. Uh. We can't be like, six thong options, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but, but he was like, Artie was this in Terminator. I'm doing it, <laughs> motherfucker. I'm going to be completely Bro. nude. And Otto's like, yeah, I wore the sock. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, he's just, it's uh-huh. just, it's, it's, it's really, I don't know. Cause it seems he, it, there's, there's like a lot of interviews where he seemed like he was afraid to do this, but I don't know, man. There's a little bit of like, I don't want to be thrown in that briar patch, Briar Fox. Like, I think he kind of did. I think it's, the it's amount- one-upsmanship with Arnold. I really do. I, I think it's. Look, Arnold did this Terminator thing, like this mm-hmm. super memorable shot where he comes into right. the past completely naked. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, oh, wow. And then Sly's like, oh, yeah, watch me. I can top that. I'll, I'll squeeze my balls up against this plate glass window. I got to say, this is one of his better body films. Um, oh, he's ripped in this. Yeah. There, there's like I, I this is controversial, but I, I do want to discuss um, if if Sly really earns his full three C's. Um, 
Because his early career, he's not he's not the biggest, most imposing guy, but he was really putting in the work in this era. He's fucking huge mm-hmm. and ripped in this film. And yeah, he's got a lot of mass. And and it gets naked frequently to show it off. So That's the thing, yeah. This whole sequence is just to show off Sylvester Stallone's body. And then you got on the other side, like Wesley Snipes, who is legitimately a gifted athlete. He's uh, mm-hmm. uh, 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 a black belt in, in uh, several different martial arts, and he gets to show a lot of that stuff off. Uh, and he he's fucking built, too. He looks like he could rip a yeah. dude in half. So it's like you really have one of the better primary villains in 80s, 90s badassery. Because we talked about how disappointing some of the villains are. You know, Michael Ironside against, you know, average man joe schwarzenegger like eh, mm-hmm. then it eh. west of snipes versus yeah. stallone is a fucking that that's that's a that's a main event that's a title card yeah no, i'm here for it I, I liked it yeah um what did you think of the new speak that they're going for the you know it. what's your boggle enhance your calm it's yeah it's joy joy stuff it's infantile i this is part of the reason that i look at these people and go how did we all turn into five-year-olds and it's it's why i don't buy the worldview you don't have to talk like an idiot in order to not be a violent person yeah and they're talking uh like uh the the police chief goes in, is like, oh, we had a graffiti incident on such and such a street. And she's like, and you didn't turn out all cars? Like, that would be like an all points bulletin that someone spray painted, someone tagged a building in this year. Um, but there, yeah, there is this. Why would um, they turn out all cars when they have systems to deal with that? automated systems because they're just so bored like that's the you get this from sandra bullock that she was built for an era Mm -hmm. of action and now they just caretake you know they just uh, they're essentially glorified janitors and she instinctively wants something more yeah she pines Um, for the 90s which is that's an interesting you know like something that like the ian and banks uh, series tackles is like what what how do you find meaning and purpose in a post-scarcity society like if you know that from the moment you're born until you decide to choose that you've lived enough you're going to die that you're never going to worry about a a roof over your head or food in your belly that you are going to be taken care of and comfort and you can pretty much do whatever the fuck you want like how do you how do you find it in within yourself to to get out of bed like what is the goal what is the what is the thing that what is the drive of humanity uh that's left there um it's not which is interesting to imagine i I, I don't know. Th- those those arguments always feel feel like they're written by people who don't have a drive aside from making money and or yeah. providing for a family or something like that. The, their drive in life is to do the things that you have to do because we don't have that post-scarcity society. Whereas right. that's it's, never it's, been my drive. Especially I do since it because like I the, have to. The vast majority of people... Um, do not really do anything exciting. They're not climbing Everest. They're not hunting water buffalo no. in Africa. They're not, you know, fighting wars on other continents. They're just getting up at the ass crack of dawn. They're moving packages out of factory and they're coming home and they're watching television. They're going to sleep and they're getting up and doing it again. You know, like yeah, what um, makes you get out of bed when your only purpose is to get food for the next day? Right. I mean, and that's that. what you spend ninety nine percent of your time doing. <laughs> I've also had to be fun to explore, like what Picard says in early goings of TNG, where it's like the goal is to better yourself. 
you mm-hmm. know, like whatever that means, like the and, and, and the better society and to and to serve and to 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 make something a little bit better, to polish brick into marble, like that's mm-hmm. that's the purpose. Um, it seems so not a lot of utopian, me, but yeah, it's just wild that some people and, don't view it that way. Yeah, we could we could get stuck doing doing this forever, but <laughs> sure. um, uh, yeah, um. There's also a really fun I the concept that the last all oh, this murder death kill business. Oh my god. Uh do you remember like MDK had a real fucking moment? Like I think it featured in a couple oh, of yeah. rap songs. There was a video game called that. Uh <laughs> yeah. Santana's got some lines about one eight sevens on a yeah, motherfucking what, cop, yeah. On a motherfucker. this this yeah, like the one eight seven MDK stuff really had a moment in the mid nineties. Did like did people break out a police manual and just like, oh my god, look at all these codes and there's their fucking sick ass meaning or I assume so, yeah. Yeah. You don't hear much about MDKs in the year twenty twenty three. Nope. Um I assume that's ha- that's still a thing, yeah. Why would you, why change codes to work? I don't know. Because because people know them now. You don't you don't the, the, the <laughs> they're not codes been, anymore. Yeah. yeah, they're they're you got you got to come up with new ones. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny because like you mentioned the old cop because I have my notes. Like, can you imagine being the only guy like on the police force that remembers like when L.A. was burning and like all these epochal and like all the kids are just yeah. like running around chasing graffiti and people swearing and. And illegally park cars, and it's like what, what a like the way this guy plays it too is kind of like that he is the only adult in the room. Mm-hmm. Totally, I thought it was pretty good. Even though the police chief or whoever this guy is, the the uh, the other dude who I would say is roughly as old as the black guy who yeah, the is police chief remembering everything. Yeah, he's, Shawshank. He surely has to remember the times before. And he acts a little bit more like a reasonable human. He doesn't quite act like a five-year-old. He's insulting people left and right, especially yeah. John Spartan. Mm-hmm. But like, there's there's a lot of just the, the weird infantilization they do of people, like saying other people's full names every time they speak to each other. That's mm-hmm. not that's not a reasonable thing to do. Like, are they so bored that brevity has gone out the window? Like they entertain themselves by remembering people's full names and reciting them is it's, it's, I think they're also going for, it felt to me like they were trying to also crib from like cult, like the way that everyone's wearing these weird robes, like reflecting Uh, some kind of Eastern like philosophy that some guy read once on the back of a magazine. And uh, there's a lot of that that like, I think you're supposed to, there's some moony kind of like, brother and sister and and stuff and i think the full yeah. names kind of like is is one of those weird off details that kind of strikes you as like that's these 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 kids were homeschool or something you know it's like one of those deals yeah it it's always like strikes me so, as... they, they weren't properly socialized benjamin bratt or sandra bullock the, yeah they focus too much on the infantilization of the characters in yeah. this world and not enough on the world itself in my mm-hmm. opinion but it's really I do enjoy Benjamin Bratt and Sandra Bullock kind of like wide eyed and like especially at the end where it, it kind of gets stretched where their god hero founder gives them a direct order to take him to prison and they're like debating about oh you know I'm supposed to take you to cryo prison, but uh, I just don't know what the, there's like some of that where they do sound like it's, it's like a debate the Goonies would have, you know, 
Um, yeah. And Bullock and, and Brat both are so fresh-faced and young in this movie. Dude, yeah, I want to talk about Sandra Bullock because this is kind of her big breakout, I would say. Like, this is a year before Speed, which everybody yeah. thinks of as, like, her breakout. But this movie was huge, made a ton of money. And she's, like, at the height of her Sandra Bullock is cute powers, right? Like, I don't it's know funny that we talk about ever really we had, cuter. We had uh, Sharon Stone just ready to pop off in Basic Instinct mm-hmm. the previous. Now we got Sandra Bullock about ready to pop off in Speed. And yeah. just have a stranglehold on America. Like, she was America's sweetheart in oh, yeah. much of the mid to late 90s. Mm-hmm. No, she's super cute, super appealing in this movie. Yeah, all the things you think of as uh, Sandra Bullock staples later are here. Mm-hmm. They're just, mm-hmm. like, maybe amped up a notch because of, like how young she is, how much energy she has, all that stuff. And and the the infantilization does get, you know, there's like uh, that one community Christmas episode where, uh, God, what's her name? Uh, Allison. Bree. Bree is, you know, doing the Christmas come on to Joe McHale. And, you know, she's doing this. So show me how to be a Christmas baby daddy kind of stuff. <laughs> and he's like, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a line of diminishing returns on yeah. this. Uh, like, like, at some point, you're like, are you capable of giving consent? Do you have a fully... Uh-huh. Con- there's there's that kind of like, I... Mm, mm, kind of sure. thing to it. Um, but mostly, mostly, I think it works. Because the, 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 the whole thing of her is like, she's the only... Like, she's like one of the few people in the room that is dissatisfied and like is wanting to grow, I guess, in a 90s hyper-violent kind of way. Hyper-violent, hyper-sexualized kind of way. Yeah, and she's obsessed with... You know, the 20th century um, yeah. collects things from it, wants to kind of be a person who lived in the 20th century, but she doesn't know how. What do you make of that whole running gag that they have with her trying to use slang from the from the 1990s and not understanding <laughs> how to use it? And always getting it kind of wrong. I think some of them are funny. Like you're mm-hmm. going to match our meat. Uh, that that was a pretty good <laughs> yeah lick lick his ass lick his yeah you really licked his ass uh i i, I kind of like this the, the hammer funny. for that joke is not as good as the rest of the jokes for that they, they what was the hammer the final act for that joke is where they say take this job and shovel it mm. and mm. then sly is like take this job and shovel it huh close enough it's it's not as good it's not as funny and it's not as creative as the other ones yeah yeah, they should have. They should have mixed them together. But maybe they the the they thought that was the height of comedy, the shovel. I guess. Um, can we talk about Simon Phoenix? Sure. I read that Wesley Snipes was embarrassed about his look in this film, and that he really hated the dye job. He really hated the clothes they put him in on. Um, hmm. I. I actually think he looks cool. I saw that he was one of the direct inspirations for Dennis Rodman's crazy hair in the 90s, that he really liked Wesley Snipes in this movie and thought he was really fucking cool. And like, he's going to add that kind of like flamboyant villainry into his, uh, you know, showmanship and sportsmanship. Um, I think he, I think he looks, I think the production design of this guy is really cool. Like he varies from like dude that walked out of the dog pound section of Arsenio Hall Come, uh, like Road Warrior, for sure. Yeah, 
Like when he shows him an armor late and it's like made out of like scrap metal and tires and he's got that bright blonde hair and, you know, he's like this like mountain of a man. I, I don't know. Like I, I think. Uh, yeah, it's like uh, Luke Besson uh, designing a biker gang, right? Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's cool. It's, to it. it's like I, I think that like Blade is probably his idea of like some uh, cool motherfucker, right? Yeah, for sure. But like I think Simon is pretty cool, too. It's just in a completely it's much more of a Dennis Rodman flamboyant kind of way, but it really suits his character. And there's like a lot of things that he improvised that the director let him keep in, like just for his own amusement. He started reading some of his lines in Spanish because I guess he's bilingual and mm. they just leave that in. It doesn't really make any sense. He's just kind of having fun at some other guy's expense. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, yeah, it worked. Uh, it gives him a lot of attitude, which is the number one thing that this guy needs to have. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, just how he's, I just think I, the way he reacts to, you know, the cars and the technology and the swearing is, mm-hmm. is the same, but different from Sly's. And I, I just think he's doing a lot. Also, um, they there's a little bit of apocrypha on this that uh, there's a couple scenes where Wesley's doing kicks and stuff that look a little stilted or like not as good. And the story behind that is that apparently the DP, uh, his kicks were so fast that they were blurring and they weren't <laughs> reading right on camera. So they asked him to kick slower. That sounds like a that sounds like press yeah. tour Wesley Snipes making shit up. <laughs> it definitely to me. I thought so too. I thought so too. Uh-huh. <laughs> um but I don't know, he's got this fighting stock cuz I guess one of the other things is they after the um Jean-Claude Van Damme thing fell through. I guess that they intended this guy to be this, this martial artist. Uh so the next guy they went to was Jackie Chan of all people. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Uh, who was wanting to do American films, but I guess a big stereotype in Hong Kong is like, oh, yeah, we have all of our heroes uh, and they get real big in Hong Kong and American noticism. And then they just get, you know, they just get uh, filmed as like jobbers for the bet for they're, they're just bad guys for the American good guys. So Jackie Chan is really sensitive. He's like, nah, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait for a hero role. I think mm-hmm. I can be an American hero and fucking good choice, Jackie. You yeah. probably did dodge the the the, the typecasting, but you're left with like all this stuff that's meant for a martial arts guy. And I again, Wesley does pull it off. He's like badass and blade. Oh yeah. Um, but but yeah, it's like I can't believe that he kicks faster than <laughs> any Hollywood martial artist before him. <laughs> yeah, get a higher frame rate camera or something. I don't know. Uh, and that's the thing. Like I've heard the same about Bruce Lee, and we'll maybe talk about this more in enter the dragon mm. but i heard the same like he some of his moves were so fast that they had trouble filming him it's like the story in jet lee is some of his like uh some of uh, some old rumors that that he was never as fast that they undercranked the cameras to make did they overcrank bruce lee's cameras just so probably yeah. they filmed him at 60 frames and they shot it at they, they showed it at 24 so he looks like a normal person <laughs> yeah however you do that sure I believe it. Um, we'll be right back with more Bald Move after this brief pause. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And now, back with more Bald Move. I also like, you don't get to see it very often, but they also have Wesley in contact. So he's got this heterochromia, like he's got one blue eye, one kind of green eye that gives him this like, you know, that and the blonde hair gives him this kind of like really off kilter, cool look. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got the 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 weird fighting style um, and he's got some he's he's got some really funny, uh, uh, funny lines, too. I really like like in the, the the one instance where they're trying to apprehend him and they have all these cops come in. They're like, none of them know how to arrest anybody anymore. And they're asking a tricorder for advice. It's like, go forward and a, and a firm, authoritative voice, ask him to get down on the ground. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, he just handles all these cops. But there's one where he squares up and he kind of like shadow boxes with them. And just like, I don't know. He's just like having fun with these guys. And he really sells it. Like this is effortless. And they they also have this really cool hook where you know they establish the concept why these guys are in cryo prison they are given these you know behavioral modification programs and apparently John Spartan gets taught to knit which pays off a little bit later but they have uh Wesley Snipes has essentially got Neo from the Matrix training He's got, you know, he was already like this criminal genius and now they've added like extensive martial arts programs. He can hack any public system. He just knows the passwords to every facility that he needs. So he's got like he's a real supervillain in a way that makes perfect sense in the plot. I thought that was a pretty cool idea. Pretty cool angle. Yeah, made sense. They had this. um some of the future technology I thought was really cool. Some of the stuff I thought was really stupid. Um, one of the stupid examples is they have this boardroom scene with the guy who is the mastermind of the new, new society. He's meeting in the boardroom, but nobody's there. So it's just a bunch of empty chairs with monitors in them. Mm-hmm. And they're like meet with faces. And it's like, it's a scene that didn't make sense because who are these people that he's reporting to? Yeah, like, I don't he, know enough about the world building to really understand. And the technology looks really fucking jank. That's the other thing about this show. Um, uh, the, a lot of stuff looks good. Some stuff looks bad. The stuff that looks the worst is anything involving a view screen. Because there's mm. still the old standard def CRT monitors. So, boy, yeah. another three or four years you could gotten flat screen. And this movie would have been a lot more future proof. But, yeah. Yeah, every, all the... All the- movies of that era have that problem the total recalls the robocops they all they all kind of do it's funny because like all these movies predicated like as soon as we get like camera phones we're going to use the shit out of them and it's like we Mm. do but not the way like we use our camera phones a lot but not usually i don't know like with facetime is really big amongst the the young kids but like no one i know does like facetime stuff but They've post COVID wrapped around to being right because this does like, you know, this reminded me of like a really fancy work from home setup. Everybody's Uh doing the Zoom meeting. You know, this is like a practical. Everyone's got their own swivel chair Zoom meeting. (laughs) I I do think we're inching closer to that, like with the pandemic pushing us all to work from home and Zoom calls and stuff like we're. I don't think you'll ever have a room dedicated to this because it doesn't make any sense to have this like big physical space. But maybe in 
corporate boardrooms, corporate conference rooms. I can mm-hmm. see it. Um, they so they're deciding after this disastrous scene with Simon, the cops can't arrest this guy. Um, they Sandra Bullock has an idea that we need to freeze out this uh, this this Spartan guy. And they yeah. have this video package where they show like his greatest hits. And there's one I enjoyed where he's got this little girl on his shoulder. And, uh, you know, this uh, <laughs> this news anchor is asking, uh, you know, John Spartan, Detective Spartan, uh, this girl's ransom is $50,000. You just did $8 million in property damage and killed seven people recovering her. What do you have to say to the people that says you just paid a ransom? And the girl says, fuck you, lady. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Am I bad for agreeing with that? Like, don't you pay the 50 grand, get the girl back safe and sound, untraumatized? And you can always you can always arrest the criminals for kidnapping ransom. That's sure. That's still against the law. You can pick them up like, yeah, fucking Spartan, just chill the fuck out. Yeah, I I suppose so, but you never know you're going to do 8 million dollars worth of damage. That's a thing. True. Like it's it's a hindsight thing that this reporter that's has. True. Is it worth it in hindsight? Maybe not. I, I love that she says, fuck you, lady. It is uh, a really funny. It's a very funny line. And then I just imagine that they looked her up in the system because she's probably, what, 50 years old at that point? Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2032, they probably looked her up and gave her a ticket for that. <laughs> yeah, a retro, <laughs> she lost retro the credit. crime. Uh-huh. It's interesting because, like, I guess in the script they were going back and forth and toying with the idea of making that his daughter. And that his daughter was going to survive as a wasteland scrap. And there's, a, I guess, some vestigial remains of the fact that that was his daughter and he's going to reunite with her and rescue her in that uh, the big climactic battle. But, man, so much of that stuff get cut out. We'll probably have to wait a little bit longer mm-hmm. to talk about it. Um, but I think it's, man, it's, it's so fun to watch some of these 90s, 80s badass films being made because, like, they really just have the barest sketch of what they want to do. And so much of this stuff is, like, done and improvised on the set. And then discovered in the editing bay it's like okay Mm. what do we got here um what can what can we adr why someone's back is turned to completely change the meaning of this so that we can make these other and it's like they really this this movie if it was saved at all seemed like it was saved in the editing uh because a lot of that decision to cut Mm. like i I, they they first submitted a damn near three-hour cut of this movie which nobody fucking wants a three-hour action movie especially back in the 90s so what it, here was my big question about this whole scene where they like unfreeze Sly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get to see his package again, which mm-hmm. I guess that could be entertaining for some people. And he's yep. and he's. Uh, they, they, I think the animation is kind of hilarious because they don't show his dick. He's been kindled in that animation, <laughs> and I'm like, well, yeah. you're gonna show the man's thing. You can at least put it on the model, but right, whatever. It's rated uh, R. Why not? Yeah, and then and then they have this debate right in front of him. They've thawed him out. He's sitting there in a chair, looking at them, talking with them, and they're debating whether or not this is a good idea to unfreeze him. The police chief is the one bringing this up. I still think this is a bad idea. You've right. done it, motherfucker. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Are you just complaining to complain because? It's covering in his That's ass. That's what it's come across as. It's Shouldn't they have had this debate before they thought him out? Yes. And they clearly did, but it's like, I don't know. It's one of those things where I, uh, it's a bunch of tell, not show. 
you know yeah instead of having the debate and then go forward with it they're like trying to like you know uh, the decision's already been made we're gonna have a high speed debate I don't know it's a and and then the whole scene is him just being completely dissatisfied with the moral character of John Spartan yeah. uh, every time John opens his mouth the police chief's like in there with another barrage of insults like you Neanderthal pig headed dumbass right. he, he's saying all these things he's not cursing but he's no. never getting a ticket for any of the horrendous insults that he's slinging his way. You're telling yeah. me that cursing is banned, but these insults are not? That meat is gone? That, like, cigars are gone? And but you, you can, can still insult, insult people. people up and down, and it's not a problem? As long as you keep it classy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, yeah, we talked about the... Oh, I guess we haven't talked about this. The three seashells. Have you done any look into the behind the scenes, how this was envisioned working, how they came up with the three seashells? It's this. one of the I hate, you it. hate it. I think it's it's one of the things that makes the movie. It's certainly the no, thing no, no, that no. Is, I don't hate it in the movie. I hate how they came up with it because it's oh. zero thought. It's zero effort. Nothing of a gag. Uh, yeah. So how did they come up with it? Essentially, the writer is like on the toilet or no, he's not on the toilet. He calls up his buddy. Like, I'm stuck. I can't think of anything good here to do uh, with a, a, a riff on toilet paper. How would they wipe their ass in the future? And his buddy's future, on the yeah, toilet future or whatever. bathrooms. How do you do it? And, and his buddy looks around the room he's in and says, I don't know whether well, there's like seashells over here on the countertop. And the guy's like, yeah. bingo, seashells, let's do it. Cause like in the nineties, there's a lot of guest bathrooms that had a, a beach motif. You still, if you rent a condo totally. down in Florida, this is had the, the the this has got a stun lock on the decor down there. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, just like mason jars filled with sand and seashells, and and having Soaps a conch shell on like the, shells. the tank of mm-hmm. yeah, and having yeah, and having seashells and starfish on your fucking hand towels and stuff. Mm-hmm. But he's like, yeah, so we're like, okay, we'll have this, and just leave it a mystery. Where it's like it's it's obvious how you use the three shells of the people that use it, but like a person from the 20th century is like, what the fuck are these shells? And it's really something that captures the imagination. People try to figure it out. Like some popular <laughs> fan theories are like there are three knobs of a bidet. Like you got the you know like the water well, temperature the pressure. Shells. Okay, but okay. but they're always they're always in a line, right? And they're like laying mm-hmm. down on a flat surface, so they could be dials that you kind of turn or spin, mm. or they could, you know. Um, but there was a interview of Sly Stallone on Ain't It Cool News of all places. I wonder I wonder what became of that place. Um, where he said that it was explained to him that two of the shells are used like chopsticks. You use it as like a, you know, like a. Uh, yeah, like chopsticks, like like a mm-hmm. like a Pac-Man, mm-hmm. and you use that to like essentially nibble the the large debris, and then the third the third shell is for scraping, and then no scrape. one knows what becomes of the shells. Do you flush the shells down? Do you put them in a sanitation station and they're clean for reuse? Like, do you have uh, to lay out the new shells for the next person? Like, oh, and if you don't, is that a class two social uh, crime? Right. What about shell storage? Yeah. Yeah, is there a bag next to the toilet with just full of clean seashells? Uh I, I I don't know. Because like honestly, the second they started saying use it like a chopstick, I'm like I don't what how do you use chopsticks to clean your ass? 
the, I feel like the angle is just wrong. You're going to have to get elbow deep in the toilet in order to make that work. And it's true. And like, what if you you need to reshape toilets? There's nothing to hold it onto your fingers. So like when you go to like open it and then they just fall on it. Now, what do you do? You're down to one shell. You just scrape. I guess you say fuck. And then it gives you a piece of paper and then you're covered. (laughs) But uh, yeah. uh, 99% of all tickets are given out in bathroom stalls in that world. They also mentioned at some point that there's been 65 amendments to the U.S. Constitution in total. So, like, there's been an unprecedented era of effective gov- of politics. Like, you've been, been able to get, like, mm-hmm. full-on constitutional amendments. Maybe uh, it helps that 30 states in the middle of the country are just irradiated blast zones now. Uh, one mm-hmm. of those must have been a full repeal of the Second Amendment because guns are illegal they're only being mm-hmm. able to seen in the armory section of the the San Angelo's museum. I loved that they used the Quake font to spell out armory in the exhibit. And is it Quake? That... I, I was getting Diablo vibes. I think this oh, is Diablo. Okay, but it's that kind of, you know, uh, all the O's have crosses in it because yes. it's uh, medieval and maybe borderline satanic uh i think it's literally the diablo font is it literally because i I, man maybe diablo font is literally the quake font because i was thinking this is certainly like you know yeah this is probably like a quake a standard like shareware font from the 80s or 70s or something yeah like papyrus Mm -hmm. uh but they uh i love that i also love the fact that these guns are stored fully loaded Mm mm-hmm uh, with all of the, the, they're not like a just an example that's had the firing pin removed. These things are loaded and ready to kill people, and they're just behind glass that you can shatter. Mm-hmm. It takes a human Good body plan. going through them, but that's you true. Can shatter I it. guess, yeah, yeah. You, you need to, to have a moderately heavy person that you can throw through. Here's um, the thing that confuses me about this and previous scenes because there's a whole sequence where Wesley Snipes breaks out of the cryo prison mm-hmm. and the cryo prison is also the PD. Like they're, they're one in the same facility. Mm. And so Wesley Snipes breaks out. They figure out, Oh no, Wesley Snipes is breaking out. Uh, we can kind of track him. We can try track the MDKs, the murder, death kills that he's committing at, in, in real time as he goes through the facility and everyone is just standing around looking at screens like they don't know what the fuck to do like they don't have any system for dealing with this at all this is a prison Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and maybe this is the first time someone's ever escaped from it but they have no contingency plan and yet you go over here to the hall of weapons or hall of violence rather and they have a full contingency plan for what happens when somebody decides to steal some weapons there is a full fucking lockdown that happens but not at the pd prison how do you True. explain that? The museum has one, but not the prison. That's a good, that's a really good question because the set, like these set pieces required it and these set pieces were probably written independently from the script. Like, I mean, <laughs> that's like the obvious appeal. That that's, right. the, that's the only reason. But yeah. like these, yeah, these cops, they're so I think the one, like, so it's like this plot could be a lot serious, but like there is the, the grace is that the guy who's running society is trying to let Wesley Snipes out so that he can round up these, these wasteland scraps and kill them. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, 
Because, like, here, yeah, how would this guy ever escape? Well, it's because the police he's chief in- is standing around like a dumbass, and he's old enough to remember crime. Yeah, like he's like he's given the password to the handcuffs. He's given you know all this computer hacking knowledge, all this advanced combat skills. Like the thing that may, I think the thing that makes sense is like maybe they have that stuff there. It's just that it was all bypassed, or you're supposed to understand that Wesley Snipes knew all the workarounds for it. So, but why would this, this is like museum? in Robin Hood Men in Tights? You remember that scene in Robin Hood Men in Tights when uh, Carrie Ellis asks Dave Chappelle to watch his back? You know, because they're in a yeah. fight scene, and he, right. he goes, "Okay, gotcha." And then he watches his back, and he, uh, Carrie Ellis gets punched three times, and he's like, "Your back just got punched three times," because mm-hmm. he's watching it. He's literally just watching it. Right. That was this scene with the police chief standing around watching <laughs> Wesley Snipes murder, death, kill everybody. He, but he has can't do anything about. It. Like there, there hasn't been a person killed for almost thirty years in this world. Surely he was on the force when people were being killed. He He's knows 30. proper procedure. He's like 60 years old, man. I was going to say, I want to keep back to him being chemically altered, but like, I don't understand why Bill Dobbs isn't, you know, because Bill right. Dobbs like, yeah, I know. I remember all this shit when it used to be. Yeah. So they need to make him the captain, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. He should have been the one to deal with snipes because he's the only one with it. There's a lot of fun in universe nods like. So Sylvester Stallone stars in this movie, but Wesley Snipes calls like one of the future dummies that has like the laser cannon or whatever. Uh, he calls it Rambo. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're also mentioned that they they pass the 61st Amendment to the Constitution that allows uh, naturalized citizens to run for president. And President Schwarzenegger has been serving multiple terms. Uh <laughs> <laughs> which I <laughs> I love like uh, Sylvester, you know, because we, we talked about the the rivalry these men had in the 80s and 90s and like his just complete mm-hmm. disbelief that Arnold Schwarzenegger would be a president, which he wasn't too far from it. Like the governor of California. That's the, is, this like, all one predates step away this. If he were born in America, he probably could have been. Yeah, this this all predates that because I thought like, oh, this is kind of funny because in in uh-huh. at at in the in the real world, uh, Arnold was serving as governor, but no, that's ten years away. Yeah. Oh no, it's it's well after this, so I, I think it's hilarious. I think it's pretty funny too. Um, I love that like when he gets invited by the the high mucky muck guy uh, to like a fancy dinner and it's at Taco Bell <laughs> and you know slides oh Taco Bell but like they're the they're the only winners of the restaurant wars mm-hmm. the the they, they survive the restaurant wars and I gotta say that feels right Taco Bell feels like the chain that would scrap and fight and win well the thing that they didn't get right the thing that they really missed a mark on is the conglomeration of it all because taco bell can't win without kfc also winning and and because yum pizza yum uh, yeah, and pizza hut because yum yum foods or whatever owns like uh-huh. a huge swath of the the fast food chain but see that's I, I really like that because that implies that taco bell in 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 a triumvirate situation betrayed the the betrayed the colonel <laughs> and the hut for for sole supremacy of the west coast so what like a taco bell loyalist climbed the ranks of yum yum yeah. and decided to shut down the rest yeah of... shanked them <laughs> shanked the others okay yeah uh I and it. i also like the like because yeah like i said taco bell feels right they're scrappy they're cheaper 
there there's something just like I don't know like uh, they're open till two o'clock in the morning. They're willing to, they're willing to feed people at times when when with McDonald like like In and Out. You might think oh In and Out they're the the United Federation of Planets are paying people living wages and they got the clean bright. They're not gonna fucking win the restaurant wars. They they're not willing to get down and dirty. They're they not the willing last holdouts, but. They're not. They're not willing overcome. to cut chives from all of their menu options because of mm. some bullshit botulism. To scare not willing to midnight. stuff their burgers with oatmeal. Yeah. 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 To 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 have their classification of meat questioned by the <laughs> FDA. It's 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 a How real bastard to Taco Bell. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I love this rat taco. <laughs> um. Oh boy. Yeah. No, that was pretty good. Uh, I, I can't imagine the thing. The thing that always kills me about these future movies is the time span that they think something like that would take. Right? How mm-hmm. long would it take for every single chain to be eliminated entirely from existence because Taco oh, yeah. Bell is just so dominant? They hypothesize thirty six years. Well, when they when they developed the Baja Blast and the Diablo technology, that's Taco Bell just was able to erase chains at will, like entire Apparently. regions. Yeah, you you drop a you, you drop a, a a Baja Blast vaporization bomb, and just whole communities lost. Mm-hmm. I never, think the one thing ne- they do get right in this movie is the automated car tech. In another nine years. I could see it being where this is, not with the like morphing steering wheels and stupid. I shit did like that. Like that. The fact it, you don't even have a cool steering wheel that deploys, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't think we're too far away from that being real. Like it could actually yeah. hit at the right timeline. I thought we were. Is it weird that I thought we were a lot closer five years ago than where we are now? There was a lot of hype. Even and up now, to like a we've had the reality, ago. like I've we because we we, mm-hmm. we talked about like you know you're gonna see the headlines of Tesla's killing people, and I just like a couple weeks ago saw a big thing where like if you all averaged out number of miles drawn that like some of these self driving cars are actually worse drivers than people. Um, but but yeah, I think technologically we could be there. Uh, if, if in fact I think what's put yeah. us back is the implementation. For some reason, Musk decided to go. Mm-hmm with like cameras instead of like radar and IR and it just seems like it was a mm-hmm. bad bad techni- technology call but uh there's a hell of a yeah, lot more people th- into it now than Tesla so that's the thing the public perception of self-driving stuff is separate predicated from... mostly on the Tesla stuff but mm-hmm. the stuff that's happening in the background is happening a little bit slower they're not trying yes. to ram shit through right but they're also getting stuff done like there are active taxi services that are fully automated um, in operation right now in certain parts of the country. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like that. I, there's, I actually really like the future cars. That they have like the patrol cars or these like really sleek, yeah. um, cool uh, gull wing kind of like they look like future cars. I don't know what Wesley Snipe shows up in. <laughs> This tricycle, little yeah. tricycle pod, and I'm like, oh god, something they're they're gonna have worse cars than this than Total Recall. I didn't think they could do that, but <laughs> no. most of the other future cars were really fucking cool. They uh-huh. looked like, and I guess uh, the um, the movie did that by offering the big three automotives like, hey, send us all your concept cars, and we'll put them in the, and that's what they did. And I guess uh, I, I'm not sure if yeah. this is GM or this was a Dodge. I I didn't see what make it was, but like one of the manufacturers sent them 10, a fleet of 10 of their concept cars, and that's what got used the majority of the time. But yeah. Yeah. I think that was GM. Well, I thought so too. I thought so too. Um, 
How about that? It reminds me of the Pontiac Banshee concept car that they had uh, back in the hmm. night. I remember uh, really thinking, oh, man, I hope all cars look like that when mm-hmm. um, they don't. They don't. Cars still look depressingly car like. Uh, was was Oldsmobile a GM company? Yes. At that point. OK. Yeah. I couldn't remember like when all that stuff yeah when did all that, that 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 all got that all got rolled up during the financial collapse of like 2008 2010 that's I, when like maybe? g like you know gm's uh, discontinued oldsmobile and like pontiac and oh discontinued it yeah i i was wondering about like when they became the same thing right because oldsmobile used to be its own brand i don't even know GM... i don't know if it was always a gm brand or gm acquired it later on because like gm has so many fucking brands you know yeah they're a Uh, big part of the car market but they have this yeah the the oldsmobile is like the super cool retro car in this movie Uh which is weird because i never associate oldsmobile with super cool retro cars i associate them with grandpa's driving gigantic boats yeah yeah i did i it's like it's it's so weird because um i feel like this movie kind of predates the classic car craze that in my mind really took off and gone in 60 seconds where it's like mm, yeah. people are like you know what's really cool uh old american muscle cars and you started seeing them popping more and more and then finally like the fast and furious started off as like drift cars and imports <laughs> uh that that but the, 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 like like even middle of that franchise you know the whole mm. toretto of it took over and it's like the american muscle cars are the real cool ones um yeah it's a cool but this car. is ahead of its time. Yeah, but it's just like who the hell puts a Oldsmobile 442 in a action movie? That's well, like I wonder if it's literally just because car. it's called an Oldsmobile. Ah, uh, old, get it? This yeah, is one of the that's odd. kind of the wavelength this movie might operate on. <laughs> I would believe it. They I don't do, know. Three seashells. I don't know Oldsmobile because it sounds old. This Taco Bell scene kind of kicks off uh, part of the movie where, like, there's a hint of a better movie where, you know, Sly gives a speech about, you don't know what it's like being frozen. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, the, the, the Wasteland Scrappers attack and Sly's smart enough to put together that, like, what they were trying to steal is food. And he's like, these aren't villains. These are just hungry people. And it's like the first thing that he's like, huh, this world's not as it seems. Um and then there's this like poignant scene where he says, you know, on the way, you know, Sandra Bullock's taking him home and he's like, you know, I just, uh, I, I, I don't know how to fit in this world. Uh, I, I, I couldn't handle seeing my daughter. She's going to think I'm a caveman. Hey, um, and there's also the scene where like the, 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 the guy who's the architect of the society, I can't remember this fucking guy's name. Um, Cocteau. Cocto. Okay, thank you. It's not a real name. It's some some kind of weird yeah. The taco guy. Um uh-huh. like you 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 you're there's a scene with him and Wesley Snipes where like I don't think he's smart enough to realize, but like Simon Phoenix is is escaping his clutches. Mm-hmm. Like he's signing his death warrant the second that he says, "Oh, I got six other guys I need to break out mm-hmm. of cryo prison to 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 help deliver this thing." That's where that guy you know, like I said, signs his own death warrant because Wesley Snipes is conditioned against killing him, but Jesse the Body Ventura didn't get that conditioning. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a, there's the RoboCop kind of climax of this. But yeah, yep. like I said, there's like a five minute stretch where they're really dealing with some bigger, cooler things, and then 
uh, you get to the sex scene. Oh, um, yeah. The honka chunka. <laughs> if you're nasty. <laughs> I, yeah, I also like the... Um, God damn it. That whole, uh, yeah, the boning, the wild mambo, the honka chunka. Like, what? Come, get... the, only Sylvester Sloan has ever referred to sex as honka chunka, I'm pretty sure. But, but it somehow makes perfect sense. That's the sound that Sylvester Sloan making sex honka emanates, right? Like, he might I be actually, we collectively actually described. saying it. That the sound of it. sex was stirring macaroni in a pot, but you're telling me mm -hmm. hunka chunka is like, is that some kind of Italian it. American variant that you're talking about? Because I've never hunked or chunked before <laughs> yeah. intimates, intimately, but you know. Uh -huh. I, I mean, I look, so look, it's a man whose biscuits and gravy smells like literal shit. <laughs> uh, and he, his sex makes the sound hunka chunka, hunka chunka. I did. That was another one where when Wesley pulls pries off that manhole cover and takes a good whiff of sewers, I'm like, mmm, sounds like biscuits and gravy. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit. That's the sewers of the future if they're smelling that good. Mm -hmm. uh, Who's cooking your biscuits and gravy? Taco Bell? This, I will got, I, I don't know what, why they filmed this sex scene and f it seems terrifying. But from an audio video perspective, like there's this flashes of like techno Sandra Bullock, which is like, OK, but the sounds they're playing. Yeah, are I don't know how to describe them. Techno future <laughs> horror sounds. Well, well, hunk of chunk is in there, but yes, uh, like this is this the sound that plays in a max headroom haunted house. Yeah, the this whole thing that's happening here with the sex virtual sex mm -hmm. helmets mm -hmm. you're either gonna orgasm or have a seizure because mm. the lights that are flashing the sounds that are playing are all seizure inducing oh yeah and if you're strapped into that thing with no way out maybe you have horrible. to like there's a three seashell kind of like you have to know how to use this thing you know kind of like you have to relax and just kind of go with the flow and if you're expecting hunka chunka and she slaps the vr helmet over your head then you know the whole idea of like trying to relax uh in the whole that is uh but that's another fascinating detail this movie gets wrong because again in the 80s everything was gripped up in the aids crisis like you know mm -hmm. where like all of the popular songs about boning at the time had to include a line about being safe about it because otherwise you're irresponsible and you know like aids was scaring the shit out of everybody and like now in 2023 i I feel like no one takes sexually transmitted diseases seriously at all because like even AIDS is essentially defanged. Like you might have it yeah. the rest of your life, but in America you ain't going to die. Uh, right. Right. Your life yeah, expectancy with AIDS with in, in, in a first world country is essentially the same as person without. Uh, yeah. So like there's been a whole fucking renaissance of, of uh, the sexual revolution part two. Um, yeah, and I think where they were trying to go with it was like some epidemic, you know, like pandemic of disease from but sexually like, uh, sex. And so people were too scared, yeah, to to yeah. get it on physically. And they almost got that right, but what they didn't what they didn't realize is that people were going to bone more than ever like even during it. They were just going to yeah. do it with people that they had like had gotten tested and vetted right like they yeah. weren't gonna stop fucking no one's ever gonna stop fucking true 
that's, the, that's maybe the, the most the idiotic even. thing in this movie. It's just not going to happen. But if you had a helmet that replaces it, I, yeah, again, it's like it seems like this would be one of the most broken taboos in society. But uh, I mean, look uh, at prohibition. They they what happened is true. they outlawed it. It wasn't like mm-hmm. people got sick of it and just said we're not going to screw drinking, anymore. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. In the movie, they they say that like they outlawed sex. That makes zero sense. Yeah. It's prohibition times animal instinct like nobody feels a drive to drink but they do it everyone feel well most people feel a drive to have sex you're not going to stop them it's that drug and mental conditioning man plus you don't know how bad nrs was or ubt it's true uh ubt stands for unbelievable ball torture it's like that's what (laughs) you experience so it's like that that really Uh the lady's like i don't understand what the big deal is but the guy's like fucking trust me we're not doing strap on the helmet i'm not i'm not i'm not risking (laughs) ubt man not doing it sure uh (laughs) so that goes bad and he tries to like uh put the smooths on her like tries to he tries to start to hunk a chunk with the (laughs) mouth to mouth and she's not Uh having it kicks his ass out i i don't know what they're doing sometimes this movie because because Sylvester Stallone, for whatever reason, goes into a room he's never been in before with the lights off and he strides confidently in it and immediately takes a header into the living room to make mm-hmm. him look ridiculous. Uh, he picks up a yarn ball and starts knitting. Uh, he knits her in a sweater in one night because that's the one thing that they conditioned him with. That He now knows how to... He's like, oh, I can pearl and I can loop and I know what I just do. And he's, 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 he knitted Sandra Bullock a sweater for their date night. Um, <laughs> and they still don't know that you're aware during your cryo prison stay. I thought that I thought he did. That was like the I I, I thought that's what happened when they well, went the to the cops. Don't because Sandra Bullock's like, oh, what? yes, you're they, old, yeah, 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 her mind. Yeah, yeah. But I, you know, if you told me that they're conditioning someone in cryo sleep, I would think that it was like some kind of like thing happening subconsciously while they're asleep. I wouldn't think that they would be awake for the whole thing. Have they never released someone from this prison? It doesn't prison? seem like it. It doesn't seem so, like so it. So everyone who... <laughs> so graffiti has the same penalty as bringing a, a building down on 30 people? Well, would they cryo everybody? Like, I imagine that, like, if you didn't commit a felony, they wouldn't put you in, like, mental readjustment prison. Like, if you... Right? Like, cryo prison well, is for you everybody, have to, otherwise you don't have, Otherwise, you don't have the society that they're... D- displaying here right but you can ticket people right you can just ticket and find them like graffiti might be a ticketed fine not like a go to cryo prison you don't get thrown in prison for saying fuck not even duck fucker <laughs> sure this is the worst There's form of fuck you nudge. Can yeah I don't know I have a hard time imagining that no one has ever come out 36 years the minimum sentence is greater than 36 years in this cryo prison and so you don't have people coming out saying this is fucked. I was in there living and breathing and, and dying the whole time. Was there a line when they're talking about Wesley Snipes parole? Like this is the first cryo prisoner that's up for parole. Like, uh, cause that's like, they meant, I, I think you're supposed to understand that like, uh, uh, Spartan and Phoenix are the first, like among the first cryo prisoners. So like, I, I guess that makes sense. Mm. Um, maybe there's a lot of things in this like movie that's like i inmates, guess it but... makes sense if you kind of sort of grant this or that yeah maybe um i love the line where he says he wants to go to the otako's house and you know uh 
interrogate him a little bit and she's like oh well that doesn't seem like it can work very well he's like oh relax I'm, I'm good at being subtle and in 30 seconds in this guy's living room he's got a gun to his head mm-hmm. <laughs> and the guy says you know when he's trying to dismiss him he says be well and Stallone says be fucked oh it's so good <laughs> I think the best line like that in the movie is when Dennis Leary's guys attack uh, or they don't attack. They go to steal a bunch of food and they get attacked by the cops. And th- there's a line that Sylvester Stallone delivers as he's about to fight and kill a guy where he says, you're going to regret that for the rest of your life. The all, both, all two seconds of it or whatever, mm-hmm. bo- both seconds mm-hmm. of it. I love that line. It's so good. Yeah. There's, I also noticed this part, part cause like, um, Brad Pitt and, um, uh, Sandra Bullock are, are or not Brad Pitt. I'm sorry, Benjamin Bratt and Sandra Bullock are flanking Swart, or, uh, Sly as he's walking, you know, uh, away from this guy's house. They're supposed to imprison him, and they're debating about it. Benjamin Bratt's a legit six to Sandra Bullock's like five foot eight, which is really close to Schwarzenegger's probably mm-hmm. actual height. He's billed at five ten. Um, he towers over her in these walking scenes and is the exact same height as Benjamin Bratt. And I'm wondering how the fuck did they do that? Is he walking on like coffee cans? Uh, is he wearing like stripper heels, like six inch stilettos? Like how the fuck are they getting this height on this man? And he's like doing it like a, like a, uh, Aaron Sorkin style fast walk and talk with him. Yeah. Those judge dread boots on. It's pretty pretty insane pretty insane um yeah uh what else we got to talk about um we because like we've we talked about some of this stuff like right here is the part where they decide to go check out the uh uh the the scavengers the under under citizens themselves and they meet uh dennis leary and he gives the whole you know why are you the enemy because i like to think because i believe in freedom of speech and you know, he kind of I, I start off agreeing with him. And by the end of his rant, I'm like, I don't know. Maybe you should live in the sewers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get Jesse Ventura thought out of prison. Um, yeah, they, they make a big deal about like, oh, Wesley Snipes is going to thaw 80 people. And that's like everybody who's in cryo prison. Right. Which doesn't seem like and enough. Like, they froze 80 people and crime went away. Yeah, 80 people in war-torn Los Angeles. There's just 80 people causing all the trouble. <laughs> Apparently. Jeffrey Dahmer was one of them. Yeah. Uh, somehow fucking things up from the Midwest. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. The other thing I noticed about the sets, like when we go into the under-LA set, and I noticed this about the museum set, too, is like these are elaborate and big sets, but they're very hmm. cheap-looking. Like, yeah, very st- sound-stagey. This, uh, this underground LA set looks like a Deep Space Nine-era mining colony plant, except for it's like mm-hmm. ten times bigger. But it doesn't look expensive. It looks extremely cheap. Yeah, and I bet it's not even as big as it looks. They, I think they got Probably creative not. with some of this stuff. Um, yeah. No, this feels like it was filmed inside a, a sound stage where they were trying to dial in the lighting just right and give it its stylized uh-huh. look. And 
but they just like also they ran out of money dressing it because like it seems like very yeah. empty like you know like there's like in one stage where like they should have like someone should have brought in a bunch of junk and just piled it into the corners and like there should have been you know just like just bits of crap floating around you know uh trash essentially because they're living in a sewer but like everything looked kind of like barren and aseptic in a weird yeah. opposite of what you'd expect from a sewer kind of way yeah something's off about it for sure um but yeah they have this uh, starsky and hutch future tr- retro future tra- chase with this oldsmobile and the future cop cool. car i like that yeah. I actually really like um, some of the stuff, like the auto-inflating tires. I really like the safety foam idea. That seems like legit future cool. <laughs> Until you realize that 99% of the people who get into life-threatening accidents would be fro- would would encounter this foam with their mouths wide open screaming, and <laughs> they would just be suffocated by it. Like, the, there's no way to maybe not kill the maybe occupant it's gas of the car uh, or maybe it dissolves within 30 seconds or I don't know. It's like it's, cotton uh, candy. Yeah. Like if it gets yeah. in your mouth, it just dissolves into a sugary taste. Right. It tastes, substance. it tastes good. It tastes good. Uh, uh but it's like, Oh, I feel like a, it's all I turn into a cannoli. It's really, <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. Uh, um, I like, uh, there's a scene at the end where, you know, Wesley Snipes is holding court with all of his, you know, newly freed badass buddies, and uh, Mr. Otaku is still trying to like act like he has control and he's he's waxing poetic about I mean here's the closest it comes to making this guy sound like a villain he's like I want this play I want uh, the whole world to have the purity of an ant colony it's like okay it doesn't seem and Wesley Snipes like you know what you remind me of an evil Mr. Rogers I'm sick of you and he throws his gun to Jesse the body and asks him to kill him of course he does mm-hmm. um that I thought that's like the evil Mr. Rogers. Uh, I wonder what Mr. Rogers thought of that line because I'm sure he heard of it. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Nothing on the wiki about that. Yeah, I know. It's like uh, yeah, I heard about the uh, m- uh, you know the the uh, Eddie Murphy stuff got back to him, so surely this stuff did too. I kind of uh, like this whole final sequence too with the, yeah. the crane arm that grabs him. You know, it's supposed to grab blocks of ice, but it grabs. The unfrozen sly and then you got snipes just kind of shooting at him willy-nilly having fun with him uh craning him around the room and then I, sly gets free by freezing one of the arms and smashing it yeah yeah using strength. the liquid liquid hydrogen or liquid helium or whatever nitrogen mm-hmm. um yeah i want to talk about this but i also want to get to so like uh um standard bullet gets her first mdk She's on the board. She kills some dude. And she's not really mm. that fucked up about it. Like, I thought there might no. be some kind of like, oh, my God, you've got this, like, woman child killing somebody and she's going to fall apart. Why does Sylvester Stallone knock her the fuck out? Because, like, that seems incredibly sexist and offensive even in the time that this movie was made. Like, you mm-hmm. just had this woman show that she's physically capable, she's trained to fight, and she killed a guy... And because you're afraid that she's going to get hurt, you're going to fucking bop her on the head. And then then she's going. Exactly why. Yeah. And at the end of it, she's going to thank him for doing it. I don't know. (laughs) I thought that was wild. That was wild. I'm with Um, him. He probably could have used some backup. 
you can see a lot of like John Woo's influence in these gunfights, like uh, lots of uh, Sylvester with double guns, guns akimbo, jumping sideways through the air, go letting them bo- off. Like you know, this was like at the height of Hollywood seeing some of these Hong Kong action films, like Hard Boiled and Face Off. Uh, and, yeah. Y- yeah, and like that was like really like new and cool. Um, mm-hmm. And it's kind of like the bullet time of the day, the two, two, two-fisted guns jumping sideways in slow motion. A lot of equilibrium. We got to do equilibrium one of these years, too. Oh, yeah. That'd be a fun one. It's it's not exactly a 90s bad, and it might not even fit within the the badass ovule, but I it is it is another highly influential film. We'll be right back with more Bald Move after this brief pause. And now, back with more Bald Move. I like the claw, the claw scene. is a lot of fun, but I'm like, <laughs> could you be captured by essentially a claw machine claw? It'd be real hard. I've tried to pick up like stuffed animals <laughs> and stuff, and it's I real know. hard. Squishy squishmallows are hard enough to pick up with these uh-huh. things. Like a flesh and blood person who, but they do this thing where it's like they show it from the claws perspective, and it's up on the ceiling, and it gets closer, and suddenly at the last minute, Sly looks up, like whoa, and it just kind of grabs him. <laughs> yeah, and and he can't. He's like, oh, I kind of wiggle, and and Wesley's just like, you know, giving him a mechanical bull ride with it. I feel like we uh, could have more fun with this scene. I, I think they do a pretty good job because you've got like hockey pucks full of naked bodies sliding around this room True. as they're fighting which is right. pretty hilarious but they could have right. used that to greater effect uh, and then him smashing the head him freezing the claw jumping down freezing the water in the callback you know to the to the gas that Sly was standing in in the first scene uh, he freezes mm. with Wesley Snipes completely and then jumps down and squashes his head kicks it off and it explodes shatters which pays uh, off his amazing snipes joke in beginning the movie where he's like oh because uh, he's lost the um the bus passengers like I've, i swear to god i'd lose my head if it wasn't attached to my body and by the end mm. of the movie of course he gets yep. his cryo head kicked off and then uh, the facility blows up and honestly he survived bigger explosions in this movie so and, and this I'm last okay. fight, they threw, they brought it all. Like they just throw the kitchen mm-hmm. sink. They, I think the editing is extra, is great in this last fight because they, um, you know, they're not doing full contact, so they do this clever editing where you know, right before the punch will land on Sly, they get the reverse reaction of his head snapping back, and it feels very, you know, it, it's well shot, well edited. Uh, mm-hmm. He's bringing out like laser guns, mm, like yeah, like the, particle the ice beam. cutters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that stuff like there's like, you know, like this like truly futuristic weaponry being used for the first time. Um, there's like all these like great headbutts and Wesley's doing these straight leg kicks and it just it, it it's very exciting. Uh and then and then the, they they he cryos the whole lab, which was cool. They have I guess they used up all their budget in the first building explosion because this cryo facility explosion is like mm-hmm. 1992 video game cutscene era. Well, I Technology. mean, it's 1993, and they couldn't actually <laughs> blow this building up. 
Yeah. So, so I, they just hastily lay a couple of uh, the, the stock library explosions. And there's clearly uh-huh. explosions that are supposed to be exploding up and they're just rotating at 90 degrees yep. counterclockwise. So it's exploding sideways and just <laughs> it looks fake as fuck, man. Yeah. I mean, they blew that first building up, right? The the, the one no, yeah they imploded the in real life building it, it's a real up. building that was in place set on fire so it looked cooler yeah. and then they just exploded it uh, yeah so you couldn't do that with the li- library in L A or whatever the building this was I didn't like I said uh, Sandra Bullock stumbles up and she thanks him for you know taking her out of fight which like Jesus Christ this mm-hmm. is the opposite of her whole arc in the movie. Mm-hmm. Is that she wants to be this kind of cop, and I'm like, I can't believe we were robbed of Sandra Bullock kicking ass for the whole climactic fight sequence. There's a couple things we were robbed of. There is an elaborate fight sequence between Jesse the body and Sly that is mm. on the cutting room floor. Um, I got I, I I walked away from reading about this thinking I need to get the Blu-ray because apparently there's this tons there's a whole alternate plot line where Sylvester Stallone gets to meet his daughter. She's one of the Wasteland scavengers and they get a relationship and he has to save her in the, in the uh, cryo prison set. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot more demolition man floating around, uh, uh, little pieces here and there that they cut. Some of it was major. Hmm. And then the, the whole, uh, Oh, how are we going to live now that we don't have uh, daddy Octaco standing over <laughs> us? And the slides, Oh, you're just going to have to split the difference between uh bullet here and Leary. And, uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. the try, try that, uh, ch- chunk of monka. Try the hunk of chunka. That's my advice. Just go out there and try it. Um, yeah. We have anything else you want to talk about when it comes to demolition men snipes no nope. nope. uh, Stallone we are going to have our first badass debate this Wednesday it's going to be a big one uh, I'm going to be the prosecution making the case that Sylvester Stallone not sure if he should be a full 3C badass and Jim's going to defend him in the court of public opinion. Uh, we'll be doing that for a little bit. And uh, if we get bored of that, there's always our long, long list of inductees into the badass hall of fame. We can go over. That's going to be happening on twitch.tv slash bald move starting at noon this Wednesday. Uh, and every Wednesday hints, we'll be doing new inductees to the badass hall of fame and uh, revisiting the hall of fame and the Mount Rushmore uh, but yeah, lots of uh, lots of badass left. We'll be looking at Armageddon next week. It's going to be a lot of fun, and we're closing things out with the 50th anniversary of Enter the Dragon, Bruce Lee's magnum opus. Uh, getting all four of the Rushmore guys. This might be the last year we can do it. Who knows? Um, mm-hmm. If we change up the map, if we, if we if we demolition our own Mount Rushmore. Uh, that's going to do it for this year's take at uh, uh, the Stallone flicks demolition, man. Hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll see you at the debates and we'll see you next week for Armageddon. Until then I'm Aaron and I'm Jim. See ya.